Are you a rebel seeking transformation in your recovery journey? Then 366 fucking days sober is the book for you. 366 daily meditations. This book by the SoberPod Recovery Podcast host and professional rebel, Carl, will help guide you towards a new way of thinking and living. Each daily meditation offers a fresh perspective, practical advice, and a healthy dose of Carl's irreverent humor to help you stay sober and embrace the challenges of life without drinking, drugging, or shitting your pants. Whether you're just starting your recovery journey or looking for a daily dose of encouragement and laughs, 366 fucking days sober is the book for you. So, if you're ready to transform your life and become the rebel you were meant to be, get your copy of 366 fucking days sober today. Available today on Amazon.com. Choo choo, motherfucker. Choo <laughs> choo. I am um, Carl. I'm a alcoholic, addict, and otherwise uh, just about everything else. And my sobriety is August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic. And my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is SoberPod. SoberPod.com. 366 fucking days sober. Yeah. Sober pod, keep it authentic, no facade. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome. Sober pod is a podcast dedicated to the idea that one addict or alcoholic helping another is crucial to building a life in recovery. Join us on this season as we read from our book, 366 Fucking Days Sober. And as always, stay active, stay sober. We're back. We back, yo. Chelsea and Carl. The CC's back. <laughs> yes. Chelsea, how was your vacation? It was good. It was. I did not want to come back. You know, it was in Kauai, so it's like... 70s to 80s sunny most days the beach and then i come home and it's freaking like snow on the ground and dreary all the plants are dead all the leaves are brown and the sky (laughs) is gray (laughs) and the sky is gray (laughs) so did you see the chickens oh how Okay, did you know that there are 450,000 fucking chickens on that island? More chickens than there are people. No natural predators for the chickens other than people. You would think the chicken stands would be really popular in Kauai. (laughs) For real. And 5,000 chickens are hatched every day. How do you even even, catch up? You can't. They just I mean, that's the thing. you should be able to eat breakfast like <laughs> all day long everywhere in Kauai. <laughs> Lots of good chicken. So exactly. Uh, good, so no, no, no big stories to tell. You didn't. You didn't. Uh, uh, you know. You didn't piss off a waiter. You didn't. You didn't fucking you know throat punch some bitch in line at one of those fucking ice cream stands or you know shaved ice stands. <laughs> No. <laughs> did did no, wrestle I, with uh, uh customs or anything? Nothing like that. No, I've never been. I've always been kind of a rule follower when it comes to like things like TSA. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do know what you mean. <laughs> but um, you know, the only I think my husband and I we we like to have our own separate space, you know, every every so often and so spending a lot of time together caused some arguments but Mm -hmm. for the most part it was it was a great trip you know we i went on a hike that was like brutal and i went on a helicopter ride which i've never been on and that was cool so i'm glad it wasn't the other way around you know a hike you've never been on a helicopter ride (laughs) yeah he's in real fucking trouble (laughs) yeah but what have you been up to carl i just just jacking off you know (laughs) <laughs> literally and uh, just, figuratively just masturbating like you know, just no i i've been looking for a job that's all i've been doing literally i've been just i've been yeah. hustling i've been trying to freelance and uh mm-hmm. you know so picking up odd jobs as well as 
um, just looking for work, man. That's it. Like, dude, it's getting a job is a job. I don't care what fuck anybody says. It's like, yeah, you it know, really is. Uh, and so I, I do it, you know, diligently as much as possible. I try to pull all the strings possible without being an annoying bitch about it, you know, without, you know, rattling my network, quote unquote, you know, I don't mm -hmm. want to be like, I don't want to make enemies out of people trying to get work, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, you know, it's humbling to like sit there and say like, I need a job, you know? And, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it, it always makes me feel like fucking like, I'll suck your dick for my annual salary. Like, I will, you know what I mean? It just makes me feel like I'm fucking just out there, just, you know, begging, you know? And I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like it, but at the same rate, it's like, I know what I need to do in order to make it all happen. And there's no, no other ways around it. So had mm -hmm. a, a, had a really great, uh, um uh talk with uh uh a a ron uh which is also a, a ron which is aaron from australia on the la uh, in your absence and it was really fun it was a really good episode so if you're listening and you haven't listened to that one um scroll back a little bit to a a ron and you will see uh a nice hour discussion where we talked about like just i don't know lots of some dude things that I can't talk to you about, Chelsea. You know what I mean? I can't, <laughs> can't talk about dating and like getting into relationships and you know all this other stuff. You know, so that's fair. So, I'm not offended. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing though: we did talk about children, and you will soon be like you know one of us, right? You. I will join be one of us. You. Join us, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, yeah. People, if you don't know, Chelsea is is pregnant, and um, and 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 hey, like at least you know, like you know, uh, you didn't have to worry about that in Kauai, right? Like, you know, you just <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> another thing I don't have to worry about on vacation, getting pregnant or not. Where, where's my birth control? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, so Chelsea, you you've been on your back. You're 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 feeling like all right i need i need to get into this this recovery thing again right mm -hmm. so so um so what does that mean <laughs> what does that mean so as far the as the podcast yeah, yeah um well are you talking about like what are, what am i doing what to get back into it what the fuck are we doing <laughs> okay carl no vagueness over here okay i'm not a mind reader we're gonna read from the motherfucking book 366 fucking days sober oh, awesome. and then we're gonna discuss it and um you know share some experience strength and hope good shit did i so miss anything no i think you covered it so what we do is we read from the book Whatever today's date is, what is today's date? Uh, fucking January, January 27th. 27th. And then we read the, like you would uh, any other daily reflections, you read it, it, except it has cuss words and it might, it might make a funny here and there. And then, um, and then we talk about it. That's it. That's what we do. And then we, we close the show. We thank all the people who made this, made this little thing possible. And, and then we, uh, what else do we do? Well, then we go on and, Try to get jobs and have babies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what we do. Straight like that. All right, Chelsea. So, do we want to do we want to get on with the fucking the idea of recovery around here, or do we want to sit here and just fucking chat about our stupid little lives? Uh, I think we got to give the people what the people they don't want. Care. Yeah, they don't care about our little lives, man. They're a fucking again. We got to remember <laughs> our audience, right? Selfish, self-centered mm -hmm. to the fucking core. They're pretty much they don't give a shit. They just want to know what can what can they learn in order to fucking be successful in their motherfucking lives? How can they get to a spot where they can go to Kauai, talk about the chickens? <laughs> <laughs> and not alcohol. <laughs> and yeah, get jobs and have babies. That's it. Right there you mm -hmm. go. All right. Fair enough. So, okay. So do you want to read? Do you want me to read? I can read. Sweet. Okay. January 27th. This is the hardest thing you will ever do. If you are truly an addict or alcoholic, the idea of taking a drink or drug will be in your mind every day for the first few months, maybe the entire first year. For some, it is a nagging every once in a while voice. For others, it is a screaming directive. 
No matter how you hear it, it will be tough to resist the call back to what, quote, worked for you for so long. But remember, when a train is approaching, it's not the caboose that will kill you. In other words, a lot can be avoided by not taking that first drug or drink. Reflections. When you feel like drinking or using, what should you do? Where should you be? Are you honest with yourself and others about when you feel like drinking or using? Daily challenge. Check in with yourself often, each day. Evaluate how you are feeling. (laughs) Maybe even keep a feelings journal. Or is that too much work to be happy? I'm feeling quite flaccid. (laughs) Oh, my God. Journal about it, Carl. You can't see it. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> All right. Chelsea, does your husband know that I sit here and make these jokes? <laughs> he, I don't I expect, think so. I expect him to bust in at any moment and be like, can you just shut the fuck up about talking about your penis and masturbation with my fucking wife? Well, I've got, I've got like the, the earphones in, oh, okay. so, you know. <laughs> All right. So, um, so January 27th. So what really what we're getting to is, um, you know, like the, uh, you know, kind of like avoiding the urge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you feel like drinking or using, what should you do? Um, I mean, this is like kind of very back to basic kind of stuff. And um, and I don't know about you, but for me, I, like initially, like I had no fucking clue. Like I just like I it was I am surprised to be sitting here, to be honest, because like I for was it like first 60 days? Like this last time I basically just like, you know, I started to wing it. Right. You know, I'm like, I was reading up on, you know, Reddit, stop drinking, but I had no uh, accountability in my life. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was just up to me and boy, at any given time I could have fucking just said, fuck it and pick back up. I had, I still had alcohol that was up to 30 days in, um, mm. you know, and, uh, uh, you know, because I, because you don't want to throw that out. I mean, <laughs> just in case, just in case. What if? Well, just what if? What if there's an emergency I and mean, I need to break open the Jack Daniels? You know, what if somebody got a cut and and I needed to, <laughs> I needed to disinfect their cut? You yeah, know, exactly. You don't have any alcohol. You know, they could get an infection. <laughs> <laughs> So if you don't have any rum laying around, how are you going to heal them? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I um, and the, here's the thing is I still had a 30, I had a 30 pack in the fridge and I had a, a, a tall thing of rum, probably half, half of, you know, whatever the gallon rum. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I, I was like fucking like, it would just stare at me and haunt me every fucking day and just like the fridge oh my god like so even after i got rid of the alcohol i would go out to the to the garage fridge in order to get something else that we would put out there something like our extra freezer or whatever and Mm -hmm. um and uh and i would fucking literally like i would just get urge every just the action of going out to the garage to go into the fridge fucking triggered me like like i'm like is there beer in there? Like even after I threw it all out after uh, mm-hmm. 30 days, you know? So, um, so, you know, to me it was like, I had no strategies to like deal with it really. You know, I would get online and I would, and I would, just, I would, you know, I would do the check-in every day and I would try to be like, okay, I will not drink with you today. And that was great. But at the same rate, it's like, I wasn't doing any of the other things that were going to help me avoid picking up it just you know what i mean it's just like it'd be like fucking like like um it'd be like swearing off like i'm not fucking i'm not gonna do meth today i'm not gonna do meth today i'm not gonna do meth today and then getting them to go straight to your dealer's house and hanging out and be like okay like how you yeah how you fucking doing like what you want to play monopoly like it's, it's <laughs> fucking stupid like you know, eventually you know what i mean eventually it's just gonna fucking you know it's gonna end up bad right so, uh, so what about you? Did you have, how was your early strategies for dealing with, with alcohol or, or um, I, you know, I don't know. You're, you're... Um, well, they were shit because, you know, I was stubborn and I attempted to do it on my own. Um, 
which I do not recommend to anyone. I, I feel like I'm kind of an anomaly that, that it worked for me, you know, mm -hmm. that I was able to stay sober. But, um, you know, my, my big thing was going to meetings um, and then staying involved with like communities online that were recovery based. Um, and then a lot of distracting, you know, like I just had to distract myself a lot because like you, I had alcohol in my house for probably the first six months and that was rough. That was really hard. Um, cause like we had one refrigerator, you know, and it's always there. It's right in front of me. Um, so I would use like coloring books. Like I would be coloring all the time. I'd always have to have something in my hands. Mm -hmm. I'd have, um, and I, even to this day, like you can see right here, I always have water with me, you know, something to sip on. Um, if it's not water, then it's lemonade, you know what I mean? So it's always next to me just because I have that compulsion even still to pick up and drink something. Um, so, and that helped like calm a lot of my like anxiety and, and discomfort when, when I had stopped drinking, um, like little fidget toys were helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just get them from like a toy store or on Amazon. Um, so yeah, I, I think like my biggest tool was distraction and AA meetings. And here's the thing, like I probably could have benefited from going to more meetings, but like I had a full-time job, you know, I had dogs to take care of and I felt like I really didn't have the time to go to a meeting every day. So the most I went to was like two a week and I always felt better after I went. Um, you know, just being, being around people. Another thing I also did wrong. I didn't like, you know, become friends with anyone at the meetings for a long, long time. No, there, like, there's good reason why, you know, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen I mean, us? Yeah. I mean, we're not these the most hooligans. group. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is like, don't, don't take my like experience as the way to do it because it's the absolute wrong way to do it. It just happened to like, I had, I got, I got to skate by until I like figured out what I need to be doing, you know, and, and most people don't have that luxury. So. Yeah. I, um, I agree 100% with the, with the, you know, the connecting to other people, you know, it's like, did you ever watch that one, um, that, uh, uh, Ted talk about, uh, rat park. Do you ever, do you ever see that? Mm -mm. So, uh, it, it was a Ted talk and it's basically like, it, and I think it's funny cause we, we quote it all the time. You know, the opposite of sobriety is, is, is uh, sorry. The opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It's connection. He actually says mm -hmm. it at the end of the video. And it's like, so, uh, one of the things about rat park was, is that they, they did a study a long time ago about like, you know, uh, I think it was like in the seventies or eighties, maybe, um, you know, again, cause they'd done, they'd done studies about addiction basically with like rats and they like, you know, they put, you know, cocaine or heroin in their water bottle, put them in a fucking cage and like, here you go. And of course, you know, they overdose or they die or whatever, right. They get addicted to, to the water. Then, um, then, uh, you know, uh, another study dude comes along and he says, Hey, wait a minute. I think we're doing this wrong. Like they have no choice, but to be addicted to, you know, cocaine and heroin. Cause they got nothing else to fucking do in their little cages. Right. Mm -hmm. So what he did is he, they built another like little, you know, area where, uh, you know, they had their friends, they had like little, you know, little play places, <laughs> you know, little rat play places, like, you know, like a McDonald's playland. And then, um, and then, so they, they still gave them water in, um, and, but they also gave them water, you know, uh, laced with, you know, the cocaine or heroin and, and they no longer, you know, because they had, well, it's just because they have plenty of sex and they had plenty of like, uh, you know, playmates and other things to do. Um, you know, the rest no longer, you know, glommed on to, you know, the cocaine and the heroin. They didn't overdose. They did like, they basically like, were, mm -hmm. they, would, they would of course touch it every once in a while, but it wasn't like something that, that was a problem as when they were isolated in their cages. Right. And this basically yeah. means like the rat part part, which is again, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, I did over like the last whatever 20 years is that, you know, I worked myself into a complete isolation, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I felt like, you know, 
work was what I was doing. And, but I didn't understand like the friends that I had at work were not truly friends, friends, right? Like Mm -hmm. they were just, they were just work acquaintances, but I confused the two, Um, you know, and slowly but surely, you know, I, I kind of edge myself out of community connection, friends, and like all the things that like are very basic human needs that like, I have no fucking clue. So one of the things about going to AA I've always attributed is the same, which is that idea of connection and that idea that it's like, you know, again, it's um it's very much a rat park right you know i i i i just like you said you know you you got into online community and those types of things and for me i did that initially but it just didn't feel like enough for me right and then the other thing is is like i couldn't bear the fucking thought of just living sober i just couldn't fucking do it it was painful for me mm-hmm. just just being alive is always been painful i don't know how else to say that right so um so i guess it's the thing is like i I think i feel things more intensely i definitely have more um you know (laughs) when i when i am sober i am really aware of things (laughs) yeah and that just bugs the shit yeah so um and again my thinky brain goes off right my my little thinky brain like you know causes me a lot of anxiety and a lot of issue like you said and so and i think like uh, you know, connecting with the therapist has helped me like in that same kind of a way, or even my own family. I think one of the things that I also did was like, I got accountable at work to a, a person who I was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm trying to do this fucking sober thing. So can you help me out? It was a real human. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. a virtual human kind of a thing. So who, what was that equivalent in your life? Definitely my therapist. And I'll say the reason for that is not just because I could like vent and like tell her things. It was, um, I struggle with, uh, and maybe this doesn't seem like real because I'm on a podcast talking about things, but I struggle with like verbalizing how I feel and, and understanding why I feel the things I feel and like, kind of like dissecting that on my own. And so working with a therapist really helped me, you know, talk through my feelings or at least like dig them out of me and then be able to like verbalize that to other people. Because one of my biggest, biggest barriers was, um, something would happen, like I'd have an argument or, um, I wouldn't be getting along with someone or there'd be something that's bothering me and I can't verbalize it. I just shut down. Mm. And so, you know, unfortunately, people aren't mind readers and I can't expect them to just know what's wrong with me. Um, But I lived a lot of my life that way. And then I'd get resentments um, or resentful because people wouldn't fix things they should, you know, quote unquote, know about. But that's just like all in my brain. (laughs) Why are they not thinking about you all the time? 100%. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Why are you not the center of their existence? I don't understand. (laughs) I don't either. You know, it's mind boggling. So working with a therapist really allowed me to grow emotionally, like my emotional intelligence. um, And it helped me gain some of those social skills that I I really struggled with, you know, verbalizing how I feel and even understanding the root cause of why I'm feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I like even on this trip, like there were times where I'd get into an argument, I'd shut down or I, I wouldn't understand why I'm so frustrated or I'd I'd get like bitchy and just like snap at things, you know, and it's. A lot of it came from control issues. You know, I, I can't control a, a group of people on a, on a vacation, you know. So <laughs> it's stressful. It can be stressful. And when you don't have the ability to, like, verbalize how you're feeling, it, it's really a barrier. And it was a barrier for me to get that connection that I really needed, you know, with the people closest to me. I just felt like I couldn't, like there was just a barrier for me. Mm -hmm. So therapy really helped me break through that for sure. What about, what about you? I I was going to say like the, the ideas behind like, um, I think we're getting into is like, there's the thing is like, once I've made that connection and you start to learn those things from other people, again, the people that have been there before, or they know where the landmines are buried, 
you know, it's like they can tell you how to get through the minefield kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And um, I didn't have the language for being human. I just didn't. So, you know, you're right. It's like talking about emotional intelligence. Not only did I have no understanding of who I was, uh, but I also had no understanding of how to, you know, when things did come up, how to communicate that out, you know, like to, yeah. you know, so, um, so that takes, that's a long learning process. It was for me. I know mm-hmm. it fucking still is. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, so there's many things that do come up that are like, it's funny. It's like how similar they seem to other things. So you think, Oh, I've been done this road before and I should be able to deal with this. But for some reason, there's another layer underneath it. You know, mm-hmm. for instance, like, you know, when you, in, in the past when you had relationship issues, like, you know, um, let me, let me, let me rephrase that in the past when I had relationship issues, you know, mm-hmm. I also had a job. Right. And so, yeah. you know, so then when I have relationship issues and I don't have a job, I was like, you add other layers of complexity. So it's like, you kind of go like, wait a minute, I should be able to deal with this because it feels very similar. We're just arguing. Right. And it's like, but see the difference is now we're arguing and Carl doesn't have a job. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, so there's like other, like, you know, you put emotional layers on top of emotional layers. and it could be, it could be really quite frustrating, you know? So, um, so even as, you know, I sit here with nine years, you know, I, I can see my difficulties along those lines that we're talking about, right? Which are like, again, they're emotional upheaval, agitations and, you know, shit like that. It's like, well, you know, the big book talks about, you know, pause when agitated, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, um, and that's kind of what we're doing here. Like, that's what we're, uh, so to so say when we get, um, when we, when we get some of these things taken care of in terms of like, you know, a connection and we feel much more supported and like we have an outlet and we start to understand ourselves and more, more emotional and, you know, mm-hmm. these kinds of things, it's like, we can still have things that come up. And so there is that, that inner world, right? There's a, the inner thoughts and there's all the other things that go along with that stuff. And that's where I, um, like, uh, I, I really focused more so after feeling much more supported and grounded, connected, et cetera, having a program of recovery, et cetera. You know, and even dude, it's funny, it's how it works in like the twelve steps. You know, eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. It's like you kinda go like, Oh, like that's they're talking about that inner like the inner journey, right? Like, you know, you've repaired mm-hmm. all these things, you, you know, on a daily basis, you evaluate your behaviors, et cetera. And then you move into this like other thing where it's like an ongoing basis. You really are checking in with yourself, you know, uh, having a you know, prayer, setting your intentions. Uh, you know, it's again, and whether you're agnostic or atheist or, 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 you know, really faith-based, it's like the idea is that, you know, again, it's whether it's higher self, or or higher power right it's like those are the types of things that it's so funny because we talk about um you know not picking up that first drink it's like it how it gets from that to this right so mm-hmm. you, you would think it's just oh it's just about not fucking drinking but it's not it's actually more about like the, we just discussed it like that really quickly the journey of recovery is like we dealt with a very physical manifestation of our disease and then now we're looking at a spiritual solution Ta-da! it's so like you know what i mean and i know it's like people are going to be like carl you got there really quickly you know but, but no but here's the thing all the tactics that everybody else talks about you go go look look it up online like you know try to avoid your first drink or whatever it's like they all talk about you know going for walks in nature right which is a very mm-hmm. spiritual kind of a thing they talk about um you know again prayer meditation yoga like all these types of things that basically like um you know are promoted and part of a program of not only aa but go to a fucking treatment center right what are they Mm -hmm. gonna do same kind of shit you know so that's the idea behind this stuff it's like we're talking about avoiding a drink but what are we really talking about we were talking about avoiding you know picking up but what are we really talking about in that context? And to me, it's like you nailed it, which is like, you know, it's emotional sobriety. It's like, it's like trying to get like a handle on everyday living without losing your fucking shit and killing somebody else or yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think like, you know, a simpler way to maybe help people understand that is when you are recovering 
from probably anything, you have to, you can't just focus on the physical, right? You can't just focus on the body of like not physically putting alcohol in you. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that would be like, you know, of course, that is the very first step. It's a no brainer. It's part of it, but it's. (laughs) But you need to heal your body, your mind and your spirit. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if you're only focusing on one of those, you're neglecting your mind and your spirit. So mm-hmm. what are you doing to, um, you know, really refrain from picking up a drink and really doing recovery instead of just doing sobriety? Because in my mind, they're very different. Sobriety, you know, it gets interchanged, but I feel like sobriety is like, you know, physically not drinking. Like you have not put a substance inside of you. Um, or you have not participated in your addiction, like what, whether that's gambling or, um, you know, sex, things like that. I knew you'd bring up the sex eventually, Chelsea. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's a valid concern and, no, really and yeah. people substitute one addiction for another, unfortunately, like it's, it just happens. And, um, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I turned to shopping and, and spending money. So, mm-hmm. Um, but what are you doing to take care of your mind and your spirit? For me, my mind, I was taking care of it by going to therapy, um, journaling, eventually getting a sponsor and going through the steps. And then spiritually, like I like what you said about um, hiking, getting out in nature. I'm not really an outdoorsy type person. Like hiking is hard for me, but, um, you know, uh, connecting prayer, uh, you know, meditating, um, even just mindfulness exercises, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, really helped me, um, tap into that. And I've said it before and I'll continue saying it. Prayer doesn't have, like, you don't have to know how to pray. You can just simply start talking to whoever this, like, you know, power greater than yourself is you don't have to be like folding your arms or kneeling or anything Um. like that you can be sitting (laughs) in your car looking like a lunatic talking to the sky (laughs) you know what i mean so i do know what you mean i you know it's funny like i there's only very few times that i really have hit my knees right um and uh and i don't and i think it's a thing of just to say like um, you know, I'm hitting my knees because I really don't want to feel like this anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I don't know if the act of hitting knees is necessary to be honest. Like, I just know that like the words that I share or the, the intent in my heart when I do pray is definitely, you know, um, is there, right. It's, it's, it's definitely focused. You know, my, my sponsor, John would say, um, you know, prayer, think about it as in, um, you know, you're setting your, your intention, right. You know, it's a kind of getting, getting the mind in that, in that good vibe space, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, as far as, as far as, you know, meditation, like I say, like I, uh, um, I definitely have used headspace to learn how to, you know, meditate. That that was one thing that again they and they really focus on mindfulness and those types of things. Um and but the only thing that I haven't really ever done is to kind of incorporate like yoga, for instance. I've never done any have you ever done yoga? I've ne no, not like formally. I've never done a class. It it looks really like easy, but I know it's fucking hard. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm terrified. But I I know that, that you know is is very like meditative you know and and tapping into your body and and maybe your mind and your spirit all in one so yeah one of one of the things i learned early on which was like 60 percent of your mental health can be improved by uh again sleeping well eating right and getting physical exercise like these things are like like that if you want if you are depressed literally do these three things and you know it will help. I mean, it's not like yeah. gonna, it's not going to make you all fucking totally better, but right. it's part of the, you know, the amalgamation of things that you put together in order to. Oh yeah, and and don't drink. <laughs> or do oh drugs. yeah, you know. So, yeah, there's that part too. Yeah. The, so, but again, you put all that shit together, and you're looking at a really a real positive improvement, right? So, so 
but yeah, the things I haven't really been more active with is the physical aspects of mindfulness, like yoga or, you know, I mean, I sit, you know, and I meditate, but I, you know, I do the guided meditation stuff, but I really, um, you know, for like the last year because of my job, I had to get up so goddamn early. It broke my routine, you know, and I had to find time in the afternoon. And by then I'm like, fucking who wants to sit around and meditate? I'm like, yeah. I just want to, you know, get me fucking Netflix. His day's over. <laughs> and then, and so I really fell out of routine. And now that I don't have a job, I've been like, okay, I got time to do that right now. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm no like, excuses. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've been doing that. Um, but, uh, but I, 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 you know, I thought about, you know, again, headspace has like yoga exercises and meditations on their stuff dude apple tv it's like that has you know that if you have an apple plus or whatever that has like all that stuff on there all that fitness and i'm and sure there are free things on youtube oh yeah you know there's that too <laughs> you know what i started doing um because i was really struggling like when i work night shift sometimes i just cannot fall asleep and um i started listening to this like um God, I wish I could remember what it's called, but it's kind of like this specific frequency, like sound frequency, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like that, like meditative type music, and it totally works, totally mm. helps me fall asleep, which is crazy to me because I really didn't know what else to do. You know, I yeah. I didn't want to like load up on uh, like melatonin and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Cause I wanted to be, I didn't want to be groggy, but like this really helped me. And I honestly, it just like, it helps you feel calm and like good inside. Like you can listen to it when you're not trying to sleep. So. Yeah. One of the things I, I did when I started reading, actually, um, when I started reading a lot, this is I was like, Oh, I, I now like listen to just kind of like background sounds or even like nature sounds or like, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's like, I don't know. And they're all over the place. Like, you know, here's a six hour like YouTube video on like study while you listen kind of a thing and uh, focus music or whatever. And it really did help. And I was like, oh, like this is super cool. Like it gets me like and now it's part of my routine. So when I read like I put my headphones in and I listen to this like whatever, you know. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I, I totally agree with that stuff that it definitely is like another tool to use to where like, you know, you can um uh either help yourself like it, go to sleep, meditate, focus, etc. You just but you have to start to make it part of your your mm-hmm. routine for those things. And I will say, you know, just to kind of bring it back to like that beginning of sobriety, I could not meditate worth shit. And there are still times that I absolutely can't. I can't turn yeah. my fucking brain off. I can't turn the thoughts off. So um uh like one thing that I love to do, and I know I've mentioned it before, maybe even on this episode, is I would uh, color. Like I would, I would do like a coloring book, mm-hmm. and um, I'd have like something on the TV going. Like I had to have multiple things going on so I could really zone in, and I think that's part of like, I don't know, my ADD. Like I, I have to have like a lot of things so I can focus on one. I, I mean, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but. <laughs> Um, just something I can really zone into and, uh, just have like background noise. So, yeah, I, I had to keep my hands busy as well. Like I did Mm -hmm. uh, initially, I did, um, uh, small electronics. Like, so I did like, you know, uh, uh, Arduino stuff and like um, made little robots and shit. You know, I just thought, again, because that's the stuff that like kept me completely completely preoccupied because my brain could just obsess about those things. And I did mm-hmm. that stuff. The other thing, it, um, again, I talked about it more recently too, which is like, again, it's just, a, just doing art period, drawing, writing, um, you know, just fucking, I do watercolor stuff that I, I'm really embarrassed to show other people, but, uh, it's really <laughs> fucking good by the way. <laughs> I don't think it is at all. So I, I, I'm embarrassed to show it, but that's the thing is, uh, um, I enjoy doing it. It's very meditative. It is like, like it gives you something to to do, right? Like where it's mm-hmm. like, uh, and it and honestly, when I'm doing it, I I it's like one of those things where I don't notice time. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I'm again. I'll listen to regular music when I do it. It's very meditative, and it's just very just. Dude, I bet my I bet my heart rate goes down to like fucking sixty or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's like probably like undetectable. I'm sure a doctor would think I was dead. Um, but but yeah it it really does calm me it really does and 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 being a creative in general 
um, it's really weird. Like there's some things that like, you know, I do that I feel that are very creative, like in my job and that kind of stuff. But then other times I'm like, you know, it, it just doesn't feel like creativity at all. It just feels like administration of the creativity. So, yeah. so when you do stuff like that, it really does kind of like bring you into a different space for what, you know, you're doing. So, so that's what like your, the drawing or, you know, whatever it is that you end up doing, like that's cool shit because that's like, you know, you're looking in and again, the other part of that is it's really mindful, right? Mm -hmm. it, it really brings you into mindful. One of the things, and I'll post it in like one of the links uh, is there's like a, um, you know, uh, having a, like a mindful meditation to overcome cravings, right? So that you're noting yeah. your thoughts and that kind of stuff. Um, it's one way to, to like really do it. Um, so, you know, and when you're, when you're taking that time out to do that stuff and to do this, this kind of creative stuff, if you had the awareness to say, like, you know what, I feel like I'm craving right now. I'm going to go do this other thing again, go for a walk in nature, go, uh, you know, meditate, pray, uh, you know, uh, mindfulness noting or yeah. I have a craving. I'm going to go and listen to this YouTube fucking video. I mean, that would be powerful shit if you could actually get to that point. Right. Cause I've, I've been there, right. You know, when yeah. you pick up the phone and you call somebody else because you're actually fucking craving, holy shit saves your life. Right. You have mm -hmm. no, you know, so, um, but that's the idea. You got to get to know yourself and get to know like, you know, what works for you in order to do that stuff and have it be effective. So, uh, but you got to try it. Right. You know, that's the other thing. And, and, and then I guess what's the, what, what are the famous sayings, you know, this too shall pass. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a fucking son of a It's bitch. like, yeah, thank you. That's so helpful right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm sitting like, in it's not passing yeah. fast enough. It's passing like a kidney stone. So <laughs> I'm sitting at BevMo. The dude just unlocked the fucking door. Tell me like, this is, you know what I mean? It's like, how fucking fast can this pass? Right. Mm -hmm. You know? So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, Help yeah, yourself so pass it faster, you know, by, by distraction, like distraction was my like only tool for a while, uh, until I really like, you know, developed those connections. All I had was, okay, I need to not be like focusing on this right now. I need to do something with my hands. It is, it is powerful. It's not going to work like long term, but it, it will help you like in those crucial moments where you're like on the edge of like losing it so yeah which again i don't know if people have been listening but i uh i think at, at two years i was fighting with my wife and uh and i had to whatever go to a fucking pharmacy in another town but i basically was like ready to um uh uh just empty out my fucking bank account for as much as the atm would give me Mm -hmm. you'll buy whatever was in the fucking liquor store and then just drive east that was my whole plan <laughs> like, you know, it's a I, solid plan yeah, for yeah, about so, a couple hours yeah and then <laughs> and then here's the thing though is as i was sitting there waiting at the pharmacy to you know get whatever medication that i needed to get and for whatever reason why i was arguing with my wife i don't even know but um but i got a phone call i got a phone call from a, uh my first sponsee ever and um and and he was talking about wanting to drink and i literally you know it's funny like how you talk somebody out of taking a drink and you're the one that was ready to drink in the first place it's mm -hmm. quite fucking mind-boggling how this thing works sometimes yeah you know so so yeah it's the shit that saves you you know mm -hmm. it's really weird and that's right, a Chelsea. good plug for like you know sponsorship you know i hope I hope this year that I will finish my steps. That's one of my goals. Um, and then I can, I too can be a sponsor because I, I gain a lot of like insight and a lot of, um, you know, gratification from helping others. Mm -hmm. Hence why I worked in the recovery field for many years and I still work in healthcare, but I mean, in a yeah, different area, and you're a so. nurse. Go figure. Yeah. Right? Like probably like one <laughs> of like the most people. fucking helpful fucking things on the planet to be and get paid for. Yeah. But sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it is different when you're doing it professionally because you can't like absorb everything and, mm -hmm. and talk to people. Like I can't be like, yeah, dude, that fucking sucks. Like I can't say that <laughs> yeah. as a nurse. Can't like I, I get paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I have to be professional, but you know, when you can help a person, you're, there's no like ulterior motive. Like I'm not getting paid to do this shit. Like it, it just feels good inside. And, and that's your payment for 
mm-hmm. being a good person and being uh there for someone so it reminds me of the saying like you know a a, a good defense is the is a is a good offense right yeah mm-hmm. so yeah the, the best defense is a good offense mm-hmm. so yeah and that's really kind of the deal and then again that's where the secret sauce comes in that's where you really like that's where you that's where you step it up your game again we're at step 11 right now is what we're really talking about a little bit but really what we're talking about again is moving into step 12 which is like the idea of of you know you turn around and you help somebody else and which is you know which you do gladly that's the other thing it's so strange because you do that because you've been given so much that you mm-hmm. know that like boy if i just fucking turn around and get all selfish and miserly about my own fucking recovery right now i'm just gonna feel like shit because <laughs> yeah. how can you do that you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know how can you break the contract it just seems kind of you know and, and you know uh, and it's letting yourself down actually because of what you're capable of doing with the information that you have would just seem pointless you know yeah all right chelsea <clears throat> so who do we thank for all this fucking madness uh we we thank uh v at uh <laughs> SOS meetings on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. She is the she and her meeting is the official SoberPod uh, meeting. So if you do need a meeting, or and again, it's it's kind of a mix of you know like NAAA and whatever A, and so you can you can go there and it's it's not like you're um um you you're not joining the program quote unquote, but it is a meeting where people talk about being sober and and you mm-hmm. know. I love the meeting. I love it so much. It's so laid back and and chill and and welcoming and the people in it are great, you know. Um I I wish I could attend more, but unfortunately like the times just don't work up because I work night shift, so um not always able to. But it is a fucking good meeting and maybe it's a good introduction for someone who is sober curious or or just like is too afraid to check in to go to an in-person meeting it's online you know you can stay anonymous if you really want to though we do encourage you to you know just turn that camera on and and show your face yeah yeah and and again yeah if if you failed in your dry january Mm -hmm. (laughs) or maybe during your dry january you realize that like hey i can't fucking do this and it was Mm -hmm. harder than i thought and uh hey you know, cause dude, it's funny. Like I thought, you know, when I first got sober, I'd do the 30 day challenge myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I really discovered how quick, uh, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like a little challenge for Carl. <laughs> it was, it, 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 yeah. It was a whole ordeal. It, yeah, it did fucking, not go over well. Carl needed a whole fucking life change. Fuck the challenge part. All right. So, uh, and then, uh, friends in recovery they, they've been singing our praises for a while on on the, on the podcast as well they've been talking about the book and they've been um, they've just been wonderful um so uh, you go on over to friends in recovery if you have run out of like listening to all of our podcasts uh and again don't forget to go back and like listen to all the the long form episodes that we have oh and if you are which i totally forget about um if this is your first time listening we do this podcast every day i read the book um, and, and it's a short, like one or two minute read. Uh, so you can, if you subscribe, you will get that every day. Uh, and so I, uh, I sit down and I try to read all those out and I, you know, you know, parse them out through the week. And, uh, and so, yeah, you can pick up those things as well. And I get little, you know, sometimes the hair gets up my ass and I say more shit than what's in the book, but you know, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it, I just go, Carl, why did you say that? But just. Oh fuck it, just leave it in. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, and then Chelsea, thank you for for being here and being a really good uh, uh, podcast host. I think it's like been a, just been such a joy to like participate with you, even though we've never physically met. I know. I feel like I feel like it's kind of at this point. It is like we. I don't even know how long it's been now. What has it been like four or five years? How long has it been now? Let's see. It's 2024. I think I started in 2020. So yeah, four years. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Super crazy. So, um, and then, um, and then again, thanks Aaron for sharing last, um, last week. And hopefully we'll do a lot more, um, you know, that kind of stuff along the way. Uh, I've been trying to connect with other people, do more interviews and do like different things that, you know, um, to just widen, widen our, our information, you know, yeah. <laughs> as we go. 
Chelsea, do you have any any things you want to talk about? Anything you want to share with the mm, people? I would just say focus, you know, uh, in order to stay away from that first drink or first hit, first whatever you're struggling with, focus on not only your body, but your mind and your spirit too. And if you're not doing all three of those things, really take a look at that and see how you can change that and see if it does help you, you know, with your cravings. And yeah, with that, yeah, with that, I'll say deuces. And then I'll say do the daily challenge, which is again, uh, much more self-reflective doing a feelings journal. How do you feel? When do you feel? Blah, 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 that kind of stuff. You know, looking to start doing some of those things. Those are the things that really helped me as I got into understanding who I was and how, you know, I operated. So, uh, so don't forget to check in with those daily challenges and yourself. Uh, and then with that, I'm going to say, stay active, stay sober. See ya. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Had to be in there. <laughs> Soberpod.com 366 fucking days sober Yeah it was a sight to see them. Yeah. Breakfast was Sprite and Seagrams. Oh. Wrestling with my vices. Exercising my demons. Uh. My blessings were blocked, so I never got the message. I'm stressing. I'm only 12 steps from an exit. Damn. Regret it. Because my imperfections were perfected. I ain't run from it. I accept it and rep it. It's a badge to me. Good stories come from a tragedy. And when you survive, the glory will come in Act 3. Three. The wait's over. 366 fucking days sober. Morning affirmations that can start the day for you. Use my favorite book. Mark for a placeholder, finish when the day's over, okay? Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, sober pod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome. Are you a rebel seeking transformation in your recovery journey? Then 366 Fucking Days Sober is the book for you. 366 Daily Meditations. This book by the SoberPod Recovery Podcast host and professional rebel, Carl will help guide you towards a new way of thinking and living. Each daily meditation offers a fresh perspective, practical advice, and a healthy dose of Carl's irreverent humor to help you stay sober and embrace the challenges of life without drinking, drugging, or shitting your pants. Whether you're just starting your recovery journey or looking for a daily dose of encouragement and laughs, 366 fucking days sober is the book for you. So, if you're ready to transform your life and become the rebel you were meant to be, get your copy of 366 fucking days sober today. Available today on Amazon.com.